Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to Spirit Katana, Episode 8. I'm one of your hosts, the old man. I'm Ruby. And I am Jadefire. And today, you'll find out that I lied to you last week, and we will only be going over six chapters this week, uh, and we will also do that next week. So today we are reading Romans 5 through 10, and then we'll be doing 11 through 16, which will wrap up Romans. All right, so... Let's get into it, starting in Romans 5. What did you all think of Romans 5? Any? Did you like the chapter? How are you I... liking Romans so far in general? How about that? Mm. I you don't think like it's it? been good. I mean, I've liked the other cha- some other books better, but I, mean, I think it's, it's fine, been a pretty but... good book. It's some pretty heavy information. Once you get older, maybe it'll be even more interesting, because I find Romans fascinating. All right. You talk. You talk a lot during Romans. I do. Yeah, in Acts and Luke, you asked us a lot, of, like, what did we think? And then in Romans, you're like, and this, and this, and. It's so good, though, man. Right. I like hearing all your highlights. I know that it has at least resonated with you in the early chapters, so I know it is a very powerful book for you, and it's very important. So quit with your eh. <laughs> all right. So, um, let's see, let's see, what, what do we cover in Romans 5? I know I have a highlight in here, at least. Um, not only so, but we also glorify in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. That is, verses 3 through 5 in chapter 5. So it's just, it's a nice thing to know that, like, we should, we also glory in our sufferings. Like, it doesn't matter if we're suffering, we still bring glory to God, we can still praise Him, it's still a glorifying, like, a thing, because suffering, when we suffer, it produces perseverance. If we don't give up and we keep going, then we learn to keep on going even more. It It produces perseverance. (laughs) Because what is perseverance? Does anybody know? Enduring. Keep on going when, even though you're scared? No, that's courage. When things get tough. When things get tough. Um, what is that saying? There's a saying that goes with that, with tough. Um, when the goings get tough, the tough get going. It's the same kind of idea of perseverance. You have to be tough to keep going. And when you do that, you become even tougher. That you can even persevere more. Right? And when troubles come along, that just helps you trust in God more. And perseverance builds up your character. It makes you more of, like, so that you can handle difficult situations. You learn from these experiences. Having character is a good thing. Being bland and nothing interesting about you, you don't want that. And then, with character, we have hope. Because we have grown to understand who God is better. He has changed us. He has formed us, or transformed us through this. And we can have hope because we know what's coming, right? Mm -hmm. because we understand that better when we've gone through this, because we 
if you go through suffering and make it out through it, um, when we persevere, we make it to the other side, right? If we don't give up, we make it to the other side. And that means we see that there is an end. And if we see an end multiple times and that things work out in the end, then we're going to have hope anytime we fall into another problem because mm-hmm. we've already seen it through, right? Mm-hmm. So this is all very true things. <laughs> and that hope doesn't put us to shame because we know that we have a hope it is something that will come to pass. We know we have an eternity with God in heaven. So our hope isn't in something pointless or shameful. Like, like nobody's going to be able to make fun of us for our hope. I mean, they might, but it's not going to shame us because we know it's true. Yes. So... I just, I, yeah, I really like that. Um, and because God's love is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So. Mine thinks as um, God's love is endless, and I like the sound of that. Just endless. Endless love. Yes. Yes, and it is. Yes. Because he's eternal. Mm-hmm. And he will always love us. Um, I also highlighted verses 10 and 11. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through whom our Lord Jesus Christ... All right. Not, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Uh, it's just nice to know that even while we were God's enemies... We were separated from him. He still reconciled us to him by sacrificing his son. His son died for us because we were still enemies. Because we weren't saved, right? Mm -hmm. It's by accepting that sacrifice that we become saved. So that's just, that's really awesome. (laughs) That even while we're enemies. And it should teach us how to treat those that annoy us and pester us or who we consider enemies. Because a lot of times when they annoy us, it's not even necessarily something i mean maybe there's something wrong with them but like a lot of times we shouldn't be all it's because it's bothering something it's disrupting our lives we're selfishly thinking about how it's annoying us or inconveniencing us and that's a very selfish and unloving way to look at it right mm-hmm. and we fall we all fall into that way too easy like it's just an easy thing for humans to do because we all find ourselves to be like in our heads the main characters of our story i guess so yeah <laughs> That's just how we operate. Um, And in verse 13, To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. So I also highlighted 18 and 19. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. What do you think this is referring to? Adam. And? Jesus. Correct. Through one man, sin entered the world, and through another, we are saved from that sin. It's pretty great. One man's disobedience and then one man's obedience. Well, I mean, the Jesus part, how it was through him that we were all saved. Not the sin part. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's regrettable that he had to be separated from God and to take all that blame and it's to die. So it is very sad. tragic, but at the same time, it's but at the same time, it doesn't feel that sad because we also know that he was resurrected. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But God like turned away from him and yeah. just stopped. I would hate to him. have been in that position 
at the time, but I am so grateful we do not have to ever end up in that position because of what Jesus did for us. Yes. Well, did either of you have any highlights or something you wanted to bring up about what we've read in chapter 5? Uh, let me look. I, I highlighted the everlasting. The endless love or whatever? Yes. Um, where it says in verse 6, where it says that... For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless. And then I highlighted weak and powerless to save themselves. We all are weak and powerless to save ourselves. Yeah, we were powerless. And while we were there, Christ died for us, the ungodly. Something um, about, like, the beginning, like, the caption of of a section of the Bible... In Romans 5, it says de- the last section is death in Adam, life in Christ. Uh-huh. And then in Romans 6, the first section is dead to sin, alive to God. Oh. Mine says the triumph triumph of grace over sin. In 6? Yes. Okay. Well, with that, let's segue into chapter 6. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, once again... We're still getting a lot of Paul asking questions and then answering them, which is always fun. Like, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means! <laughs> yeah, I love that. I don't think we... I think we only need to read que- the questions and then not the little part. After. Do you understand some of these questions here? Not all of them. So, like, for, like, what about this one? What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Like, what, what is he trying to get at? Like, what did he... Um... If you don't know, that's fine. I... Can you read that again? What did your thing say? What What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Oh, he's trying to say, should we try to get more grace from the God so that that his grace will increase if we sin and we shouldn't be sinning to get God's grace. God gives us so much grace already. Yeah, Yeah, it's just interesting because it's like the idea is that God's act of salvation for us with the sacrifice was so like brought so much glory to God and with such a amazing sight of grace like it's so much more powerful because we were so sinful and so what one might think well if I keep on doing it then like his salvation like my finally being saved would be even greater or like if I keep on going sinning even though I'm saved that grace has to be even bigger because it has to keep covering over these new sins I'm adding which is just silly (laughs) right Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then there's another one um, down in 15. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Because we don't have to worry about the law anymore, right? We're under grace. Grace, we're saved. So should we just go ahead and go on sinning because it doesn't matter? No. God wants us to still try to obey his laws. He knows we're not perfect. He doesn't expect that. He knows that we're sinning and we still will. But we should try not to sin to be to show that um, our lives are so much better without sin. Like, show other people that God is great and you don't need to keep sinning. Yeah, and that just kind of goes back to chapter 1. Like, we saw that. He lets us sin if we want to go sin. And it's miserable. He just mm-hmm. gives us over to it. But that's not a fun way to live. He will let us find that out. Mm-hmm. He's not telling us not to sin because he wants to dictate us and control us. He's telling us, hey, there's a better way to live <laughs> while you're here. And then it's going to, and it's closer to what I will have for you in eternity. It would, if, because he designed it that way. 
Like, he designed how the world works. So if we go against his creation, it ain't going to work. Because who can stand up to God? No one. No one. Because <laughs> who created everything and us? God. God. God created us, and he did not create us more powerful than him. That can't be stupid if he knew we were going to sin. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I also highlighted verse 12. I thought this was good a good just reminder. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Right? Because, hold on. I had a comment in there to look at. Ah, I connected this to chapter 7, verse 21. I know we haven't in chapter 7 yet, yes. but this I felt this kind of connected. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. I don't see the connection. Uh, that's okay. It's just the idea that, like, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. It's always there. Sin is there in us. Mm-hmm. It's right there by us. Evil is right next to us, always whispering... Hey, go steal that piece of candy. Or hey, go punch your sister. <laughs> or hey, go talk mean about your brother. <laughs> it's always there whispering us and trying to convince us to do things that are not good. And so it's up to us to not let it rain in us. Do you know what rain means? Because it's not spelled R-A-I-N like raindrops. Well, rain, like a king reigns over his kingdom. Right. Like Rules. he's in control. Yes, Okay. So we need so we need to not let it rain over us, right? And that can be hard. Sometimes I lose out in that battle. And I recognize that I'm in that battle and then choose poorly. How about you? Sometimes, yes. Yeah? Yes. Do you recognize when you're in that fight and have to try to battle against yourself? Because hmm. if you can recognize it, it might help. And it can also help you to learn to turn to pray to God at that time. A lot of times, we, well, pretty much any, ever, we can't do any of this on our own. We need God. How about you, Jadefire? When I recognize that I'm in a battle, I usually choose the foolish decision. Even when you know that you're in a fight? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think, hey, maybe I should bring this to God and pray? Or maybe remove myself from the situation? Or maybe even seek out my parents? Afterwards. Maybe you should do that. First, run from sin. I know. Mm-hmm. And I and I lose sometimes, too. We, it's, it's hard. But it's just... It's just an interesting thing here that it tells us to not let it. So it it acknowledges that it's there. We have sin. Because then we also have verse 14. Mm-hmm. For sin shall no longer be your master. Because you are not under the law, but under grace. We are free from that. We do not have to serve it. But like, because everybody wants to be free. It's a very human desire to be free. But we're never free. We are always serving someone or something a lot of people who try to be free are serving themselves or serving money or their jobs because that's what they fear losing (laughs) some people most time we're just serving ourselves we are obeying our we are our own master but then therefore sin is our master yep because we make pretty pathetic gods (laughs) (laughs) we should be serving christ because that's where the best kind of freedom is because we are free from sin then and it is so much better. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I also have here verse 16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. See? 
That's just what I was saying, right? We yes. are serving someone. Something is our master. Yep. Um, and then 18 through 21. Uh, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. See, it sounds nice, right? We're free from the control of righteousness. When we're slaves <laughs> to sin. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. I like how he said, um, I'm saying it like this because of your human limitations. Like, he's, like, insulting them. In a uh, kind of... I don't know if he was meant it that way. He's just trying to, he's just trying to say he's breaking it down for them and be like, hey, guys. Don't serve sin. Because he even talks about it. It's like, when we were free from the control of righteousness, we were slaves to sin, and what benefit did we reap? What would we get out of it? Nothing. Shame. We're now shamed of those things, and what did we get out of it? Just shame and guilt. And if he would be insulted... And it leads to death, because it's leading us away from God. And this chapter ends with a very famous verse. <gasps> I For love the this wages... verse. Go ahead, you say it. Oh. Go ahead, Jayfire. For the wages of sin is death... Um, shoot. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In? In. Oh, I already read it. Oh. Do you know, there's a little bit more. In Jesus Christ? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes. Good job. He might have learned it in a different translation. That's true. It's true. I don't know what ESV says specifically. Good job. All right. Chapter 7. I did, Oh, wait. Did you have anything? You, sorry. I did not ask if you had anything. Did you guys... Did either of you two have anything in chapter 6 you wanted to cover? I, I highlighted half the chapter, so I don't know if I left any room, but... Well, you and me talked about the first little section, and that's all that I really highlighted. Okay. Except for um, where it talks about us being co-buried and co-resurrected with Jesus. Yeah, what about it? Um, I'm wondering what that really means. Like, what does it mean, co-buried? Buried. Can you point me to the verses specifically? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, four, it talks about co-buried. Oh, four is a very long verse. It talks about both. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So, our sin was buried with him. Oh. And we are a part of the body of Christ. And it's our baptism, like, our baptism was kind of a symbol of that, right? We are buried. Mm-hmm. Our sinful selves, because we are now, because we were dead, and now we are alive in Christ. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Your okay. verse kind of, like, says it, your translation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking at different translations often can help figure things out now, granted you guys are still young so there's going to be a lot that probably goes over your head some things i'm sure you'll catch that i would be surprised about but overall there are you're still new ish so you're learning heck i'm still learning <laughs> all right did you have anything in six that you wanted else to talk about i mean i know you we kind of a lot of it's just about being a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness and not serving sin as our master no you covered me Okay. How All right. you start chapter 7? Do you have, any do you have anything in that? chapter 7? Uh, Jade fire? Let me, um, let me check my bookmarks. Because it doesn't show up. No, it doesn't look like I bookmarked anything. Okay. But I have plenty of 
How about you, Ruby? Oh, me? Um... I did not highlight anything until the close to the very end, so... I've got a highlight at the beginning... Yep. ...that, um, don't you know that when a person dies, it ends his obligation... Obli obli obligation? Yes, to the law. I don't quite understand that. Uh, which verse? Uh, verse one. Oh, okay. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. Okay, so how about this as an example? It is a law that if you murder someone, or back, back in Moses' law, right? It's a law in Moses' time and everything that you take them out and stone them to death. Okay? If this person murdered someone and then had a heart attack or killed himself, would he still need to be taken out and stoned to death? Not stoned to death. They could still technically stone they him. They could, but he's not but under the law. No but he's not under law anymore because law has no bearing on anybody who's dead. Oh. Right. And he's using that real example to go through the the to what he's trying to get you to grasp because we're not physically dead, but we have died to the law. We're not under the law anymore. Exactly. Right. Uh huh. We are now under God's grace. So the law doesn't have that same weight. We don't have to worry about the law. No, we have some commandments to follow. We have to follow God and his will, but we are not under the law. The law was to help us follow what God wanted, but it also showed that we couldn't. It al The law also showed that it was impossible because nobody ever kept it perfectly. Okay, I see <laughs> what it means now. Okay. And he uses an example too. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies... She is freed from her from him, and even though she, if she gets remarried, she's still free. Yep. Free from the dead guy. Yep. But she is released from it and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. Well, I think that's exactly what mine. Mine just says spouses. It doesn't really say man or woman. That doesn't surprise me <laughs> that your version says it that way. Mine. Uh, the Passion translation definitely tries to manipulate. No, it just tries to cater to a. A modern culture of America sensibility um, in a lot of areas where it can. I'm confused. Uh, it just, like, it'll. The, the Bible does talk about how a woman cannot be an elder in the church. Really? Men are the elders in the church. Okay? Huh, okay. The Passion would try to color it in a way that would suggest that that is possible for them to be an elder in the church. Because it's not a popular thing to say that women can't have certain roles that men can have. I mean, technically the woman would, just they won't allow it. <laughs> it's, it's not biblically sound for them to be do so, is all. Anyway. Alright, so you had that highlighted. Anything else? Uh, not really, actually. Because this was his basically whole explanation of like how we are dead to the law and alive in Christ. Weird, I thought I had a lot of highlights there. Okay, no, I don't have okay. any more highlights. I highlighted 21. So I find this... Oh, I already talked about the 21. That was connected to the other chapter. So I also have 25, the last verse. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. So see, like it's another example of how we still stumble. In my mind... I'm a slave to God, because that's who I want to follow. But I find myself still being a slave to my flesh. 
on occasion. So your body is a slave to sin, and your mind is a slave to God. Sort of, yes. Okay. All right, Romans 8. All right, how about Romans 8, Jade Fire? You got any highlights in this one? I'm waiting for it to load. Okay, how about you, Ruby? Um, At the very beginning, like the first little sentence for me, it says, so now the case is closed, which I find funny just a little bit because it sounds kind of like a detective, like, yeah. case <laughs> closed. Yeah. Or um, a judge. Or case dismissed. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Also, the first little part of verse 19, 19. it says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I like that because um, it's, I've kind of liked that verse since I seen Mama put it up on in our bathroom. We had oh, that yeah. verse on a sign. Okay. What verse again? 19. Oh, I just like swiped down um, so it would go down faster. And then when I stopped it, it was right on night. The creation waits with, yeah, I didn't, it's a different saying. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Sons and daughters. Um, mine just says children. <laughs> like I God. like that better. Son, the sons and daughters and stuff, a lot of times that's just to let people, people that are too dumb to realize that man means <laughs> all mankind. Ah. Uh. You not always, but in many months, pretty much. No, that are not well informed. I don't feel like that's trying to force women to be so great. No, I'm that's like, not. God loves his sons and daughters. Like I feel like yes, he says that in different translations. Yep. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, did Jade Fire have any highlights? Did you nope. find no? Okay, I have thirteen. For if you live according to the flesh, I mean, you I just added one will. Die. If you live, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But oh if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Huh. So stab it with the sword of the spirit, which mm-hmm. is the word of God, which means read the word of God. <laughs> Go around smacking people with the Bible. I like the sound of that. Or a laptop that has the Bible app open. All right. I also highlighted thirty-five. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? Because nobody can. Nobody can separate us from the love of Christ. Even if we turned our backs on him, he wouldn't stop loving us and hoping for us to come to him. Literally, God will love us forever. He's like the father waiting for his foolish son to come home. Oh, yeah, and that parable. Yep. I love that parable. Yep. And then 39. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the answer to verse 35. All right, chapter 9. I did not highlight anything in this chapter. (laughs) (laughs) What if I highlighted so much in this chapter? I didn't highlight too much. Except for, like, I just like all the, um, where it kind of, like, says and repeats other parts of the Bible or what Jesus has said or Mm, God has said. And there was a lot of that, so I kind of, like, highlighted most of the chapter, you could say. Yeah, they definitely understood the Old Testament, which wasn't called the Old Testament at the time, but, you know. Yep. What was it called? The New Testament? No, but the New Testament hadn't been written yet. 
Um, I liked um, in verse 13, for in the words of Scripture, um, I highlighted Jacob, Jacob, I have chosen you, but Esau, I have rejected. I'm one, like, it says, as it is written, Jacob, I love, but Esau, I hated. Um, I was wondering if that means, like, he has literally chosen Jacob before they were born, or, like, Esau, like, where people, people try to say that Jesus, or God chooses certain people, but, like, (laughs) and that confuses me, like, that's, like, something they might use. Alright, so chapter 9 of Romans is... The pivotal chapter, the main chapter people will use to tell you that God chooses who will be saved and who will not. There is a lot in here that they read in that way. And there's a lot in here that even sounds like it if you don't take the rest of the Bible into context. Yeah, I I don't believe that, but like, it confuses me in this little part. So... Do you remember Jacob, Jacob and Esau? Because he's quoting the um, Old Testament. He's quoting Genesis. I'm pretty sure that was where they they were the ones who gave the offerings to God. No, that was Cain and Abel. <laughs> yeah, not that far back. Uh, you went too far. I'm his mom chose. Or no, hit Jacob. His mom chose a favorite, and his dad chose a favorite. And oh yes, this story. And then Esau was going to get the blessing. From Jacob, and then, yeah, the whole story. Here's how it goes. Jacob and Esau are twins, Mm -hmm. and Esau came out first. Therefore, he's the firstborn, and the firstborn is entitled to... The blessing. To most things, to to inheriting the land and the, the majority or whatever, okay? They are the new... Like, once their father did, is di- has died, they are the kind of in charge of that group then, you know? Mm-hmm. And their father is Isaac. Isaac is the son of Abraham. Oh, I was saying, I was calling him Jacob. <laughs> and Abraham's the son of... I can't remember. I'll look it up. Anyway. Um, but Abraham is the one who was supposed to sacrifice his son, Isaac. Mm-hmm. But then God sent something else, and it's like, no, 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 I just, it was... It's just a test. <laughs> no worries. Um, anyway. Um, and so God, as he often does, takes the weaker or lesser or whatever and brings them up to show that it isn't by birthright, it isn't by your own strength or anything like that that makes you great. It is God. God takes the weak and the cowardly and the, um, whatever, just the the smaller ones. Like David, he was not the oldest and he became king. He was the youngest, wasn't he? I think so. He was definitely younger than most of them at the. I think he was the youngest at the time. He was looking after the sheep. <laughs> yep. Um, and so Jacob was technically the younger, and then Jacob and Esau, like Esau, even sold his birthright to Jacob for food after out being out hunting. And the mom did prefer Jacob over Esau, while the while Isaac preferred Esau because it was the oldest uh, over Jacob, and. It's interesting because there was favoritism in that family, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. caused division and strife because Jacob ended up having to leave the land for a while after st- stealing the blessing by fa- by pretending to be Esau. But Esau literally said, you can have it. Right. So there was a lot of stupid stuff going on, but he had to leave because there was anger. When he came back, they were f- fine. Um, 
But then, Jacob, who was later renamed Israel, oh. which is where the Israelites come from, the children of Israel. Um, but Jacob slash Israel had a, also chosen a wife, wanted to get married, had to work for it, and he was conned out of that wife and given the older sister. So, so Jacob ended up working for somebody when he was gone. He wanted to marry one of the women, one of this guy's daughters, and he's like, well, you work for me for seven years, you can have her. And then he tricked him and he ended up marrying the other woman. He's like, hey, 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 hey. And he's like, well, fine. I'll give you the other woman too, but first let her have her wedding night. And then, when after I give you the second daughter, you also need to work another seven years to buy her as well then. So he preferred the second daughter, even that, even after that. And so God let the oldest daughter have children over and over again. And so then, but eventually the younger do- sister also got to have children. And one of those two sons that she had, I think she had more than that, like so maybe some daughters or something. But the two sons she had were Joseph and Benjamin. And Joseph became Jacob's favorite. And he showed favoritism. And what happened because of that? Division. <laughs> Division and the older brothers were going to kill him and then instead sold him to slavery and ended up in Egypt. And through all that, God still showed his awesomeness because that saved the entire family of Jacob slash Israel, didn't it? Because of the yeah. famine. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> anyway, so God has his plan on who he's going to have people go through and who's going, where salvation's going to come from and like that. He's not saying you get to be saved and you don't. That's not what he's saying. Mm-mm. Okay. You still have free will. You still get to choose to follow after Christ or not. Because God doesn't really cause division. No, we do it. Because, like, and if favoritism causes division, you know God's not going to choose favoritism. Yeah. And it also says here, right after that, what shall then we shall, what then shall we say? Is God unjust? Because he chose one over the other? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. We are not saved through our own work, our effort, not just because we want it. That's not what saves us. What saves us is faith. And the argument that some will say is that you cannot have faith when you are dead to sin. So God has to resurrect you, therefore choose you, so that you can have faith in him. Because we cannot have faith when we're dead. I disagree. I think we can believe. We It's not about desire, it's about belief and faith. I agree. And he says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Some say, oh, well then he chooses this person to have compassion on, but you, no. That doesn't sound like somebody I want to hang out with. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're not applying the idea that who he's choosing to have compassion on are those that believe in Jesus Christ. He's choosing a group, a group, a circle that you can walk into, not physically walk into. You just have to believe. You have to accept the gift that he's giving you. Some people take, call that an action, but it's, you're not doing it. You have to humble yourself to know that you need that help. Yes. <laughs> anyway. I don't have anything Tangent. To tangent. But nine is a very... That's their strongest one for arguing that God chooses or that because there's a lot in here that kind of suggests that. If you take... Don't take the rest of the Bible into account. Mm-hmm. 
And they will pull things from other parts of the Bible to support it. I disagree with a lot of it, is all. Um, let's see. So yeah, that's, that's a big part of what that chapter is about. <laughs> um, about who he's calling, how it's not our work that get us to be saved. Okay? Okay. Uh, and then chapter 10. Final chapter. Okay. Anyway, let's go over 10 then. Alright, do you have any highlights, kiddo, uh, Ruby? I think my only highlights for this chapter are the talking about other parts of the Bible. Oh, uh, more references to, like, Isaiah and Moses. Yes, and, okay. that kind of thing. Okay. Um, for me, I highlighted verse 9 through 18. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from, from the dead, you will be saved. That sounds like something we have to do, does it not? Then, like, it says, if you do this, you will be saved. Not, you will be saved so you can do this. Or, if you do this, this is evidence that you are saved. Yep. It seems to suggest to me that there has to be this faith and belief mm -hmm. in Jesus being Lord and being raised from the dead. I... Now, also... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I completely agree with you, but some people could argue that God chose you so you know you can do this. Or, like, he decides what you have to do for your life, and he, like, tells you what to do for your entire life. Mm. That, it, that does go against the idea that we can't have that faith and belief until we are resurrected, though. Which means that he has to choose us to have that faith. Which means we're already saved at that point. It's so confusing. <laughs> the way people argue, I'm just yeah, like... Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But also, what I like about this, not only there's that aspect about it, the argument against the one concept, but I like how easy it is. It seems I mean, so simple. Or simple. How simple it is? Maybe yes, not easy. it seems so simple. We just need to recognize that Jesus is Lord, and that believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and we will be saved. Isn't that great? Yeah. So easy. And everybody wants to put so much to it. There's plenty of people that want to put works. Like we have to do the right things or say the right things or be baptized as babies or whatever. But that's not what saves us. Just go around saying, Jesus. You don't even have to be baptized to be saved. We are no. told to go get baptized after being saved. Or We or are? Yeah. He says he tells the apostles to um, preach the word and baptize like, we're supposed to be baptized. Well, like, even the one person, the eunuch, is like, well, I believe now that you explained this to me, there's water here, so why shouldn't I be... What's to stop me from being baptized right now? It is something God has called us to do, is to go be baptized. So, whether you understand why or not, it's what he told us to do. <laughs> I don't quite understand why, but also, couldn't you just, like, be baptized in your own pool, or... Oh, for sure. You, like, it doesn't matter where... You don't have to go to church to do it, or church yeah. building, I should say. We are the church. Yeah, you can just ba be baptized right there. Yep. You need one person. You don't need a specific, like, priest or anything either. You don't need the pastor to do it, like... I could baptize you. I mean, you're already baptized, but I could. Didn't you? Well, I was in there with you. It was me and the pastor. I thought you were the one who baptized me. We baptized you together. Oh. I think he said the words, though. He said the words, and you actually, like, dunked Yeah, maybe he didn't... Yeah, maybe he didn't dunk you. Maybe I dunked you by myself, but whatever. I wanted you to yeah, that's probably what happened then. Um, so yeah, that's the sorry. That's only verse nine. <laughs> Let's get through the rest. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. 
So your mouth needs to be saying the thing that is actually in your heart. Alright? As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Because there's no shame in believing it, because it will not fall short. People might try to make... Yes. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What is the point in bringing that news if God has already chosen you? <laughs> I don't know! But the not, arguments make no sense that people make! But not all the Israelites accepted the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Not all the Israelites believed. Israelites, Israel, are God's chosen people. It says that. They are his chosen people. And yet not all Israelites have believed and therefore are no longer part of that tree. Which like, we will get into the tree in the next chapter. <laughs> well, like, literally, they would argue that God chooses certain people and I guess he did choose a certain group of people. But not even all of them are going to be saved because, like, yeah, I, I don't know. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So the words are out there. <laughs> now, there's some arguments there too, but overall that's the main point. But like, two people do, God has ways of revealing himself even without, like, a person who's saved going out and talking to somebody. Obviously, he has. His very creation speaks to his existence. <laughs> but we don't always know necessarily through his creation that Jesus died for us. So the people do need to hear about that. Yep. <laughs> Granted, people before Jesus died didn't need to hear about that because he hadn't done it yet. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. Do you have any insight into any of that, Jadefire? Mm-mm. Any takeaways? From the six chapters this week. Anything you want to apply to your life? Things to work on? Uh, from the six chapters we just read. Yep. I have to think about that. You should be... Well, from when we were talking about like Jacob and Esau and all that. You should like kind of just love everyone. Not hate some people because you just don't like them. You should still love everyone. Not yep. only well, it's not just people. Jacob and Esau that we covered that in. We had love your enemies, right? Well, he didn't say that, but God loved us while we were still His enemies, right? Yes. Yeah, I think that was actually I was going to bring that up because uh, <laughs> that's something to apply, especially to siblings and stuff. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, I think it's very good for us to, and even in regards to my debates with people that dislike me or think I'm a heathen because I don't believe in the same way they do. Sometimes it's easy to see them as enemies, and I need to recognize I still need to love them, mm -hmm. which involves being respectful and kind, right? Mm -hmm. So, that's, yeah, I, I need to be loving towards my enemies as well, or those I want to consider enemies. <laughs> What's a heathen? 
as, as someone who is separate from Christ. Is the, like, you can talk about that when I'm gone. <laughs> what? I said you can talk about that when I'm gone. Heathens? Why? Because you're a heathen? I am not a heathen! Yeah. I am not a heathen! How about you, Jadefire? What do you get to work on? Love the same thing. Same thing? Mm-hmm. Right. That sounds like a good thing. All right. And how are we... What? How about you? That's why I just said the same thing, because I have those that I consider enemies sometimes. Oh, I see, I see. Anyway, uh, how are people doing on the God willing? God willing? Good! I know I've reminded you guys throughout the week, because I have to remind myself as well, and I've even backtracked. I've said things, I'm like, well, God willing. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I've been doing better, I feel like. Same thing with the prayer. Yeah, you've been... Okay, good. Praying before you read, praying in the morning... I did. I did not. I've not been great at the morning. I've done it definitely a yeah, few times. Yeah, not great at the morning. Not great at the night. Before and after I. But read. yeah, we're so. Some of us are so easily distracted either by our phones and sometimes even just reading my Bible right away in the morning, <laughs> or uh, distracted by TV because it's like, oh, we woke up now. Let's watch some TV. You kids mostly. Um, um not me. Not unless it's Saturday. So uh, it's something for us to definitely continue to work on and then yeah keeping in mind god willing right it's a good thing to remember yes all right what is the week let's see one two three four five six seven eight you said episode eight yep that means it's jade fire's turn to pray dear god thank you for this time i can spend it with um ruby and uh, the old man help us have a wonderful time tomorrow and uh Help everybody to do well in their life. Amen. Amen. All right. Again, next week we will only be reading six chapters. It'll be 11 through 16, which should wrap up Romans for us before we jump into 1 Corinthians. All right. Uh, Have a good night, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. See you.